0: This season of good is sponsored by Good Treatments. Good Treatments is a highly curated shop of pre-made treatment designs for commercials, music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments, only to have to start from scratch on the design.
1: With Good Treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag and
0: drop tools, you simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at goodtreatments.space. Well, why are you wearing the same shirt that I wore? I don't understand. I told you I had it. <laughs> but you have a vest on. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, Is it it's a good same shirt, one? huh?
1: Same one? Yeah, same one. Because there are a lot of you know, variations that looked pretty similar, so I didn't know. Yeah. Not. Dude, look at you and I cer- picking out the same exact shirt, though, from the same <laughs> drop.
0: <laughs> online That's ceramics has kind of got it down, huh? I know. Yeah. It's like, it's a trap every online time. Ceramics. What'd you say? I said, if you guys haven't heard of uh, online ceramics, it's a... Uh, yeah, I, it's I don't a, even know how addictive. you would describe it. How would you describe it? Uh, I don't know,
1: like a little like design studio. I don't know, don't, but they, don't, they do like merch, not just merch, they do like their own shit. They do stuff for like a lot of A24 stuff, but also like John Mayer and a lot of other artists. But yeah, yeah. it's just like weird, weird t-shirts that um, are addicting to buy. They're way too expensive, <laughs> but I just find myself buying them regardless. Yeah. This is like the second time I've worn this. I just got I just got it in a few like weeks ago.
0: It was oh, good. Okay. Hey, you got a little coffee in your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my biggest pet peeve, probably for oh, our oh.
1: listeners that are watching, I just slowly licked it off
0: my mustache. That
1: was it. Yeah, but no, hands. <laughs> no hands.
0: No hands. One of my biggest pet peeves. I don't even know if it's considered a pet peeve, but like any time that I have hair in my mouth, it's the worst moment of the day.
1: Yeah, like a loose hair or like a connected hair.
0: Which I mean, obviously loose is worse, more wild. Loose, yeah, yeah. Connected is easy; it just kind of. But I don't have I that been. issue as much. I keep my my mustache. A little yeah. Trimmed.
1: What do you? What do you? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I
0: don't know. I'm
1: trying to. F- I I like I like having like a thicker stash, personally. I do too.
0: I, just, I Yeah, I feel like I wake up more often with like, you know, gunk in my in my throat when I have a thicker beard and mustache. Ew! What the hell does that mean?
1: You mean like hairs?
0: Not hair. Sometimes, yeah, but also just. Like, <laughs> I just feel like uh i don't know like it just gathers more and skin throat. or dead skin Or god what a way to start off this episode huh yeah hmm what do you have going on today
1: uh i was convinced that today was monday so i woke <laughs> up like re- ready to go work and i was like well maria I'll, I'll i'll you know i'm heading down to the office i'll see you later and she's like okay you know
0: what's Sunday, right? What, what, what did you think? Yes. You thought yesterday was Saturday.
1: I don't know. I got confused. I was texting with Parrish yesterday and I think, well, I think that's the thing. Technically, I think we were texting after it had already passed midnight. Yeah. And so it just got confusing. Anyway, I woke up convinced that it was like the work week and I was about to go into the office, but. It's yeah. not, I am kind of like ready though. You know, like I feel like it's been Dude, the, a good... the
0: Christmas break and, and new years and stuff. It just, it gets me on a little bit of like a, I get antsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean,
1: I do love Maria and I talk about like the, the week after Christmas and in between Christmas and new years is being like the best week of the year.
0: Um, why is, why is that?
1: Cause it's like still very chill, still feels like the holidays, but like, there's no yeah. expectations for anything like special to happen really, you know, it's right. just, um, like kind of laying around and gearing up for a new year. And I feel like this is crazy that I'm saying this, but I think I'm kind of done with like laying around. I'm kind of ready to yeah, do some, do some stuff. And I have, I actually, this has been a busier Christmas season, holiday season than, normal for me usually i just like turn it off for sometimes by choice <laughs> sometimes because uh, i don't have a choice but uh <clears throat> i like to just kind of turn it off in december um altogether and just kind of disappear uh but this i haven't been able to do that this year which it yeah. actually hasn't been terrible but i i i have like i don't know if you feel this way but i have kind of like ptsd from i, I just like In general, from from not working, you mean being, be no, 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 being like freelance and having being like autonomous over my own schedule, yeah, is like so important to me. And I think anything that feels like I am beholden to anybody or owned by anybody, or like my schedule is like dictated by someone else, it freaks me out, you know, (sighs) totally, yeah, yeah. Um, for, and I think more than it should, um, I, I really think I kind of have like some issues with it, but, um, yeah. So this year was, I thought that it was, I knew that I had this big project that was kind of like, like rolling through Christmas and new years. And I I was kind of concerned about it, but it's actually been totally fine. Do you have that? Do you feel that way? Like going from like working on salary to working freelance? Like, do you have, what's your mindset when it comes to like your, your sense of autonomy?
0: It's been so long, so it, it feels normal now, but it's definitely been like I find myself not usually knowing what day it is in not like a weird way. But because I, I, I tend to do like a lot of little things every day, you know what I mean, to where like and this is definitely probably an issue, but I have to kind of stop every once in a while and just like go do something fun. For sure, because I, I tend yeah. to not stop, um, even on Saturdays and Sundays. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm also not a huge subscriber to like the work week. It doesn't make sense to me, to a degree. Yeah,
1: but do you have like a fear of like getting involved in like a long term project that feels like
0: it's gonna own you? That's how I feel sometimes. No, I, I love it actually. Yeah, I don't, I'm. It's not like a fear thing, though. No. But I, I mean, I get really fearful of like you know when you finish i get more fearful when i finish a project because unless i have something already going then it it freaks me out you know yeah um especially now
1: because like my kids are in the other in the other room and they're like being can you hear them
0: no it's okay
1: okay um speaking of yeah long-term projects uh Let's talk about your movie.
0: Yeah. What do you want to know?
1: Um, I think we should start at the beginning. So what kind of what was like the the um, kind of like inciting incident here that was like made it made you feel like, OK, I need to I need to. You, like go into action to make this thing happen like what what was it that kind of like uh first like kind of ignited that that spark for you
0: yeah um dude if I go way back uh, I was doing a project with um Doug Wilder actually <laughs> really <laughs> yeah Doug Wilder and John Paul summers was there We were doing we should shout some- out
1: saint vintage real quick.
0: Yeah, Saint Vintage is a a sweet uh, online shop owned by Doug Wilder. I don't even know if he makes films anymore, but he's definitely killing it with Saint Vintage. Um, it's amazing. But yeah, they they have a collection of vintage banties and you know
1: pants and jackets and all. It's like highly highly curated, and and Doug's like the real deal. Saint Vintage yeah, dot com. Um, I don't know something like that. But yeah, cool.
0: you you guys used to work together. Yeah, we used to work together Um, at Elevation, and I think y'all, everybody, just ended up going freelance. And but I was never like in y'all's crew. You know, I was always like uh, just getting hired from the outside, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But as soon as Doug left, he he wanted to still kind of work with me on some projects. So I came in and helped him with something in uh, New York one time, and John Paul Summers was there and sort of this crazy event <clears throat> happened where we uh just woke up one night I mean after like a you know we woke up in the morning and started having me and JP started ch- chatting and I started telling him about this dream that I had and he had the same exact dream like a which was weird, what which was what which was uh sort of like a story like a idea of like a a movie like we had the same idea for a movie um which is essentially this about this protagonist that um has dreams at sea and when when they wake up like the dreams are sort of becoming reality on this on this boat and it wasn't but that was like it was so you know how dreams are like very hazy and just like yeah you yeah. know you you get sort of the essence of the idea but yeah we had had the same exact dream of like what if you know just waking up and your dreams are sort of, like, happening. And, like... But it was strange that we had the same sort of setting, you know, like the idea of... Yeah, yeah. And um, so we just... I started writing it. I started writing this this movie idea. And... Do you remember when uh, you started? I think it was, like... I think... No, I, I mean... I don't even remember what month that was. I guess I'm
1: wondering how long it took for you to write it. Like, how long was the writing process?
0: Yeah, I ended up finishing it with another guy named Peter Ambrosio, who's a, a director in his own right. Um, so I think the outline and sort of the basic sort of beats and everything maybe took me about a month or so, month and a half, to get to, like, you know, 90 pages of just You say a month? Up. Yeah.
1: Damn. Okay, so you finished writing it with um, your friend?
0: Yeah, so Peter and I... It took about a
1: month, month and a half, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the whole writing process probably took around two to three months. But I don't think we stopped writing it until we were done with the movie, to be honest with you. Like, until we were done shooting. Yeah. I think that was really how it... Because of the way that we had to make the movie, and I'll go into it, but it was just like... So yeah, I'll go back. So the we we finished the script, we have a script, we give it to um, a producer that lives in the New Orleans area named Isaiah Laborde, who is So was your co
1: writer sorry, what's his name Peter? Peter Ambrosio. Is he in New Orleans?
0: No, he's in LA.
1: Okay. So you guys are doing that remotely? Yeah. Just like sending drafts back and forth? Like would he do uh, a pass and they send it to you, or would you kind of split up like Portions of this, or how would you go back and forth?
0: I think how, and I, I work with a writer named Matt Matt Black right now, who we kind of work in a very similar way. Um, where like I'm I'm very good at like ideation and sort of like the larger arcs, sure. and larger ideas, and sort of things that I know have to be in there. And I'm less good at dialogue and sort of like what yeah. happens within a scene and and stuff like that. So I think how it yeah. usually would go is um, I would have like a vomit draft of something and it's terrible. And then I send it to like someone who's really talented <laughs> and yeah. like, um, yeah, yeah, they send me sort of back a, a thing Please and then I rewrite it. it. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think it's a rewriting process for me. Like uh, anytime that I even with Matt, I'll get stuff and it's like really extremely good, but there's just 10% of it that I just, I need to rewrite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Totally. But I think it's, it's not like we're sitting there on the phone sort of going like, what should they say now? What should they say now? It's not very, yeah, that's impossible. That's impossible. I think I'm sure
1: there's people that do do that, but that seems impossible.
0: Yeah. I think, I think writers having sort of big moments to dive in themselves is important. And then, at the yeah. end of it, you kind of get this like one plus one equals three sort of moment, you know. Yeah, where like yeah. you both are on the same, same but different frequency. That's you you understand the story to a degree that's like more than just you, you know. Um, but yeah, we we finish the script, and there there's a producer in um, in New Orleans named Isaiah Laborde that he makes movies uh very much at like a certain price range you know <laughs> um, are you able to kind of to,
1: can you talk to us about I mean I think this is what's going to be interesting for people to hear is kind of at the scale that you made this movie can you talk about that at yeah all?
0: yeah I mean we made it for um I don't want to say exactly but it was under half a million dollars yeah I would say far under half a million dollars <laughs> <Yeah>. um, okay <laughs> But yeah, so there's like a you know, a certain price range that I think him and his his investors that invest in his films sort of like if we can make a movie for this, we know that we can sell it to XYZ or we can get it to this outlet and and we'll make our they're not looking for massive amount of of margin on the on the um sale of the movie, you know what I mean? Um they're looking to like double their money or triple their money or something. But even still, that's, you know, that's great for everybody, but it's not like, uh, yeah, it's not like Avengers or something where you're like, you know, that's just even thinking about that, like making a movie for so much, like uh, for like an Avengers or something, like knowing that even if you, you like are number one in the world for like three weeks, you're only making like, you're only like making twenty five percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that seems crazy to me. Yeah, like it's that, it's but <laughs> it's, yeah it's so much money. Um but yeah we we just sent it to him and we kind of talked about it a little bit and just sort of greenlit it it was very quick like that was okay the interesting but can, can thing we was, can we
1: back up a little bit because yeah. one part one big part of this is like there was like a major kind of like uh singular logistic that you had access to that yes. kind of yeah changed. me and so John so Paul Summers, i think that's important yeah. to talk about for 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 people who are listening because it was like it was something that was available to you on some level or yes. at least through like a connection or two um
0: then, i think this is a good point because. I think when you're making a movie like this, or any movie on that scale, that small of a scale, you have to be really fucking crafty, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to suck all the resources that you have. So, me and John Paul, John Paul Summers had done like a a number of commercials for, um, you know, a really wealthy guy here in Louisiana, um, that we convinced to, to. Invest in our film, but not with um, money, but with just things that he owned. So this movie takes place on a yacht in the Virgin Islands. So that was our big sort of problem up front, and the way that we solved it now, was: was
1: what came first here? Was it the the access to this to this yacht, or was it like did you build your concept around the fact that you had access to, to the yacht?
0: To a degree, I think we had. Like I think the script went through a a bunch of iterations where like at one point it was a smaller boat, at one point it was like like uh less on a boat, you know, more on like islands and stuff, like more on like actual locations. Um but as soon as we sort of came up with the idea to approach this investor, um we realized that he would be able to give us a His personal yacht, which is a, you know, a hundred foot yacht that actually was in the Virgin Islands at the time. And it it goes from Australia to Puerto Rico to Virgin Islands to Europe sometimes, like, but at this very specific window in the year, it was going to be in the Virgin Islands. So everything sort of built around, um, that sort of notion, you know, that we had like, and i think at the time when we actually locked the yacht it was probably it was 2 or 3 months that we had to to like prep and get ready and cast and and just get everything ready to to actually hit that window of time that it was going to be there and he was going to allow us to basically film on there every day use the crew they could drive us out to anywhere that we'd want within sort of the 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 British Virgin Islands where we were um which you know looking at it I think if I had to for the amount of days I think we shot on the on the boat for 11 days and if if you just booked that it would that would be 900 grand or something like that to just like (laughs) charter (laughs) that yacht with the crew and food and all that stuff um but he just loves he loves us he's he's like into what we're doing and he's done you know he's invested in peter's movies in the past he's invested in john paul and um he's just a good guy and to him it's like you know it's it's not like it's an asset for him it's not money so i think it was easier to a degree um right but yeah he he also had like a private jet that he uh let us you know, use and park on a tarmac and and shoot inside. And I think the the only drawback to uh, the situation, other than uh, the amount of time that we had, was that everything was like it was very known that like you we don't have money if something goes wrong, right? Like if we fuck something up on this jet or this yacht. <laughs> we're kind of toast you know yeah so yeah. there was a lot and imagine sort of and if you've ever been on a yacht it's like yeah it's luxurious to a degree but it's um it's very small like and i think um yeah i think we had a crew of seven not including cast so at, at all times there was probably 12 to 13 maybe 15 people on the yacht so there's just a lot of things that can go wrong and yeah, we had to really, um, set ourselves up for success and like make it known that is very serious. Uh, uh, like this treat this place like a museum, you know? And yeah, yeah, that that was one of the tougher parts for sure.
1: So everything's kind of in place. Tell me about, tell me about, um, Casting. Uh, I'm obviously
0: very interested in this part of the process. Yeah. Um, So Isaiah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah went through a casting agent. I can't remember the name or casting. Um, one of the roles was a friend of ours that is a. He he just uh, he's in a movie called The Vigil, which is on on Hulu that's um doing really well right now his name's dave davis uh he's a local new orleans guy that i've honestly been trying to work with for a long time because he's such a he's such an energy on on in his in any role you ever like watch a movie and like somebody just like takes over a scene you know what i mean like even if they're not like a main character they're like you just like man i kind of wanted to keep watching that guy um that's dave davis he's just like he's he's a madman um on and off the set i would say <laughs> and that uh, was
1: the is that the role of the um the first guy we meet or is that so the that, guy that's so he's on the, the yacht?
0: owner he's like basically the the antagonist he he's the owner of this yacht he's he's inherited got it, got a it, bunch it, of his okay. parents money so
1: not the ex not the i don't want to get too much into it but not the yeah, guy we meet yeah, first
0: yeah. okay and um octavio pisano who you're talking about uh we cast it through the same Agent as um, Jenna Ling Adams, who's our main lead, who plays on the Kaminsky Method. She's been on SWAT, a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, Octavia is on uh, CSI New, yeah, CSI New York. Um, so like a lot of like working actors that are on the come up. You know, that was kind of our yeah. range. Like we knew that we couldn't get, um, you know, we couldn't get an A list for what we were doing. I think um, just money wise. Yeah, money wise, I think we had to go for like who is known and, and certain who's working and who are, who's great. Um, but who also just kind of wants to be working on independent film, you know, like not trying to get, um, a massive check, you know, and I think we found right. like a really great cast for exactly that. And I think, you know, I have to give a lot of props to Jenna because she, just killed it, man. She came in and just like really owned her character and was professional the entire time in like more ways than just like, you know, hitting her marks, you know, like there's so many t- there's like little things that I, I picked up from her that I learned from her of like,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, that's
0: a little bit of a separation between a good actor and a great actor, you know, yeah. like, um, and Dave is is that way as well, but little things like, you know, we, if we were shooting in the staircase at one point in the yacht and like Dave was coming down, delivering a line and then had to stop and then look up at these two, uh, at Jenna and her friend, Sam. And, um, at, on a number of the takes, Dave would like block the camera from seeing her for like two seconds or a second or whatever. But the line is supposed to be pretty fast, you know? But she would be, she would just be intuitively knowing what we were seeing and wait for those two seconds to deliver her, you know what I mean? Like just little things. Right. Of like, I know what JP is doing and I know where Dave's at and I know what I have to do. Just like an awareness. Yeah. A huge awareness of just like the process, not just like, you know. Okay.
1: Well, let's, I want to talk about all that, but let's back up just for a second. Um, on the, on the casting, uh, it's just on casting and we're yeah. gonna have to go to a part two here for, for tomorrow, but, um, uh, tell me about the conversations of, of, uh, I'm curious conversations with people that didn't even work out, but for the people they ended up casting when you sat down with them, whether it was over zoom or in person for the first time, what was that yeah. conversation like? And what'd you guys talk about? And I'm just yeah. kind of curious like how what what did you do to kind of like build that trust or that they were you know especially if like a low budget movie that they're getting involved with something that wasn't like a complete shit show
0: yeah, I think a lot of the conversations were me uh, with Jenna for example, I think she had the script, obviously, and I think my first inclination is to just ask her about the character, you know I think I want to know that someone is understanding of like the nuances of a character not just like right um not just like performance stuff you know i think i was interested in like jenna sort of giving me some insight into you know you know i'm a collaborator i like i like to know what what else is out there i don't like to leave like stones unturned but so i think a lot of the first conversation was like you know where do you what's interesting about this character to you that's not in the character currently you know cuz that's right what I want. right that's right what I, because you're be well, like understand. like what
1: like what did you like like maybe do you mean like in like the script itself what had you kind of maybe overlooked or like hadn't included that she was feeling needed to be there
0: i think i don't know any specifics but it was it was just like emotional connections to different moments that i think were just kind of plain dialogue at some points like in the script it wasn't sort of like super detailed about like how how something is making her feel you know so i think going through all of those big beats and really kind of figuring out like a whole arc for her um where she starts in this one place and she ends in another place you know I think was that something that, was,
1: that through the process maybe even at the very beginning, was that something that she was open? Like she was excited about collaborating with you oh, on yeah. or did, did it yeah. feel like, um, no, I feel like there or was maybe no did, did you have any sure. sense of like uh insecurity that maybe you just hadn't written it well enough or do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Like, like what was kind of like the balance there of w- wanting to keep it open and collaborative, but also like, um, feeling like maybe they were having to do too much work. You know, th- th- These are all things that I'm like scared of and dealing with too. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm asking. You know what I mean?
0: Dude, I think if someone has said that they want to do your movie, I think they want to do the work. I don't think anybody like, I don't know, man. Actors want to act like, I know that sounds like cliche, but there's like, if someone's like agreeing to do something, they're, uh, especially that type of person, they're just going to put everything into it. Um, well, how so quickly? Like,
1: sorry, I know I'm like, I know I'm just like circling around the same thing, but how, I guess like you sit down and talk, to, how many conversations were there before it was like, they're like, I want to, I want to do this movie. Like, what was that process one, like? Just one. Just, just one. What is that with, with most of the, of the, um, cast or or just with jenna or or, yeah well Well, dude i mean
0: yeah some of them were super last minute so the first person that we cast was dave davis and um i kind of knew what i was getting with him for sure you know um yeah just from seeing his other performances and 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 everything i think he was probably the, the first person that we got that i was like Okay, I think this movie is going to be pretty interesting. Like, I think this is going to be actually really good. And then we got, um, uh, Jenna. And did that feel like the biggest puzzle piece? Her role? For sure, because I think we, we went through a number of different people that just from, um, Yeah, we went through a number of different... I I had a very specific tone in my head for that lead character. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like the way, like when I dreamt about it, it felt a certain way and it took a while to find somebody who just like inhabited that, like inherently, you know, yeah, from just the way that they were or walked around and... Yeah, we almost cast we almost had to cast uh somebody else that I was like sort of not super I knew it would it would be a little bit more on the nose or it would be sort of like not as interesting or not as emotional as I wanted it to be. It would be more just like I'd have to like really try and get some interesting moments out of it. But as soon as we found Jenna, I was like it has to be her. Like, it just has to be. Otherwise I don't think this is going to work, you know? Um, yeah. But I think, you know, we were, that we were, we had a, uh, a character we had a cast for, uh, Jenna's like ex-boyfriend that you see in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and Octavio came eventually, but he got casted, I think the day before we shot the movie. What? Yeah, because we had another cast member, or we casted somebody else, and it was it was like, I guess in our heads, it was like, okay, this is a small enough character that I think we could get away with someone that we know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we had an actor that was in New Orleans that I think we just it was a little bit more of like, okay, we're out of time, you know, we haven't found somebody that we love. I know that I can like I know that I if I had with this person that we casted, I know that I could go up to him and I could slap him and I can get him like going. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But when Octavio basically his agent came back and said he'd like to do the movies, it's still available. Um we were like, Yeah, we're fucking shooting tomorrow. Do you, can you get on a flight? <laughs> like and dude, he fucking came, bro, and he showed yeah. up. So the first time time that I ever talked to Octavio was on set that morning over just like coffee and wardrobe and and everything. And, and I think he, if there's like a, sure, like MVP character, I think he was definitely it. Like he, he's, he brought, brought a lot. He just killed it, man. He brought so much immediately. And he, and dude, like with just a day, uh, the first thing that we did with him was like a, I think like an eight page scene. Like an yeah. eight page scene that takes place in this this bar. And uh he came completely prepared, knew all of his lines. Wild, so, dude. That's amazing. Like didn't have to I I didn't have to. Yeah, stop. there are a lot of
1: excuses that he could have had, right? You know?
0: Oh yeah. We could have I mean, and I would I would have been willing to do like, you know, blind my – I would have been able to do like I would have been willing to do sort of paragraphs with him and, and like just get chunks or whatever, but he came and we could roll the can. We could do masters and overs for, for days. Like he was just there killing it the whole time. And I think really matched uh, him and Jenna, like I think really got along. I think so. Yeah. There was like an energy there for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we hit pause on this and I want to dive into like production stuff tomorrow. Um, okay but yeah okay I think this is i this is good because I don't think we've talked at this level of, of depth about it so this is like very
0: no this is fun for me because i haven't thought i haven't thought about this uh, and <laughs>
1: because you shot this the end of 2019 right
0: shot it in november 2019 pandemic hit and then i had a year to edit um yeah and yeah. we finished that in March of. Twenty twenty one. And now you're so, yeah. in the midst of now it's uh
1: now it's being sold Which is yeah. crazy.
0: It's amazing. So
1: um we'll get into all that, but um yeah, that's it for today. Love you. Yeah.
0: All right, dude. See you tomorrow. This season of good is sponsored by Good Treatments. Good Treatments is a highly curated shop of pre made treatment designs for commercials music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments, only to have to start from scratch on the design.
1: With Good Treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag-and-drop tools, you
0: simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at GoodTreatments.space.